Welcome to our very special edition of Budai Podcast. It's really exciting to be here with you. It's We're actually down in a beautiful place in the Riverina where it's been quite hot and dry even early on in spring. So it's exciting because this podcast is all about raising the vibe and it's something that's really so simple to do but we often get in our own way simply by making the decision to raise your vibration it will instantly you know occur but often our mental armor you know the thoughts that we have that keep bringing us down uh, hinder that ability to really stay in that aligned attuned state of um, raising our vibe and continuing to do so as we expand or grow blossom and bloom so we had a really funny experience here because when we arrived on this place of this land that we're on, you know, it was waist high in weeds. <laughs> oh, it was an oh my God moment. And uh, and it's quite overwhelming because, you know, it looked like a derelict site. And, you know, our, our aim is to re do bush regeneration and re-regitate the land, including create a little bit of a, a food forest. But mostly focus on um, indigenous native plants and anything else that will grow in the area that's non-invasive. So as we're toiling the soil and pulling out the weeds, you know, you get these little thoughts in your head. You know, I'm sure all of you have had that at some point, maybe not by weeding, but or some task you're performing and these little gnawing little thoughts in the back of your head. Anyway, I'm always working with Ganesh. I've created, uh, we do everything together. And uh, Lord Ganesh is really funny. He's always, he's sometimes really quiet in the background and other times he's very vocal and he'll randomly come out with these really funny anecdotes. But I must have had these subliminal thoughts that was like, gosh, this is hard work. <laughs> you know, as the dry wind was blowing and, you know, all the, it's red earth, beautiful red earth, but it's, you know, gritty and it's getting in my eyes and so... <laughs> I hear this, well, when you're done, we'll just keep moving, shall we? <laughs> and it was a really good aha moment where these thoughts have been percolating around in the head, you know, and really zapping the energy, whereas just staying focused and just really tuning in to the task at hand is energising. And, you know, you can be aware that these thoughts are going on, but we're not always connected to the fact that it's literally zapping the energy from us and then creates an unfortunate situation with um, how we flow. It becomes an effort instead of effortless manifestation. And it's something that can happen so easily, you know, with anything we do. There's, you know, something we, we one minute want to do, but then there's a little bump in the road and then we we almost want to think, oh, it's just too hard and not keep flowing with it. And just by breathing, really going into our elongated breath, really calms that really monkey mind that sort of runs rampant sometimes, you know, and it's only a nanosecond. It could be a nanosecond of a thought. And But when you're really sensitive and really empathic, then that nanosecond of a thought that's on a negative frame of reference can really impact you know, if we let it, uh, how our energy streams through our body. So Lord Shiva wanted to share that with you because it's something that can happen no matter how aware you are, no matter how, you know, often we can feel with it. We've come to a place in our life where we feel more evolved, but really we're, we're always evolving. So we're always expanding and our physical form is you know, oscillating all the time, managing beautifully and seamlessly all the different soundless to sound frequency vibrations amongst an ocean of soundless to sound frequency vibrations amongst 
humanity at large or even your own nucleus of family and community around you. So how you flow within your own environment really can impact um, how you are moment to moment but also how you create your thoughts. And it's something that he was really um, excited to share or maybe excited wasn't the word. <laughs> maybe it was more share the sizes. <laughs> He's always very direct. He's our Lord Shiva. But always in good humour. Um, but he has a way of being very focused and pulling um, a frenetic energy into its alignment. So those of you who, you know, sometimes go to be um, very airy, want to take flight, um, and that can be anyone, whether, you, you know, you've got a different dosh, it doesn't matter. It could be anyone at any given time. He has this way of pulling your energy in and grounding it straight away, you know, and he and Ganesh are funny to work with in that way. And when you're really conscious of how they work in a synergistic symbiosis, it's it's and you can take a step back and look at it from a different perspective, it's really very funny. So lots to share with that raising the vibe and uh, communing with the vast consciousness that's always around us. I mean, we're so fortunate in this uh, world of Gaia because there's so many frequencies in playfulness. You know, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. Some things will resonate, some things won't, you know, at different times. Sometimes you come across something, you think, oh, what's that about? And you'll just move on, only to come back around at some point in your journey. And you think, oh, yeah, now I get it. And so everything ha is valid. No matter where you're coming from, no matter what belief systems you have, in the moment you've, you're immersing yourself in that, there's a resonance. So it has something fruitful for you to gather and gain and grow in until it no longer serves you anymore. So when we can just be in that awareness without judgment, oh, our whole hara, that centrifuge of our body, our physical form, really expands and it really fr is freed up in your moment-to-moment -moment existence. And letting go of the need to judge every little thing about existence really helps our elongated breath to be our conscious flow in energy. So one of the things that Sarasvati wanted to share with you today was being creative. You know, she's the, the, the lover and the musician of our life. She's the, the one that's cre the creative primordial force of um, wisdom and knowledge and she's the artist and, and so much more and of course with her comes Lakshmi or Maha Lakshmi and uh, the two of them creating that abundance that's it's absolutely self-seeded in all of us and sometimes Sarasvati said you know it says that when you allow me to be your mirror you know, letting go of any belief systems around what what you think that we are, you know, because there's an association with the Hindu goddesses, but there's also Sanatan Dharma, which means eternal life, which is really where it's seated. So all the deities, and, and each one of us is a deity within our own being in some way, but, or not, if whatever you stream, doesn't matter, wherever you believe, it doesn't matter. However, Sanatan Dharma is eternal life. So this is where they're coming from, definitely when we come and do these podcasts, but within Bodhi, it's all about Sanatan Dharma, um, and you might pronounce that differently. Ganesh and I are always changing the way we pronounce words. <laughs> One of our little idiosyncrasies, we have many. But uh, Sarah's body is streaming from that, and that's what she wanted to convey with you in this podcast. But if you allow 
me to be that mirror, as she's saying, then, you know, you're opening your own exquisite Pandora's box, that which is infinite, that which is you don't know what you're capable of until you allow that, that, that gateway to open up. Because often in life, we say to ourselves that this is who we are. And there's always a limitation with it. And it doesn't mean that you can't, you don't choose a, 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 a tributary or a flow in your life and just stay with it for the rest of your life because that serves you. It means that you're capable of so much, so bringing more energy to whatever you choose to participate and become in this life moment to moment is always expanding. And this is where, you know, um, she's saying that, you know, we're saying... To, to be that mirror of that wisdom and that creativity creates a vibrancy in your energetic flow. It creates an etheric being that is, you know, your etheric body that's that, yep, beautiful, um, that just lights up like a Christmas tree. Actually, it lights up like an, a beautiful, clear night sky It's and more. Because the, like the night sky, they're all uh, gateways of energy that your physical form oscillates in, you know, whether you call it chakras or, um, you know, along the meridians. There's just, you know, whatever words you use, they're all energetic streams of expression. And really, even even talking about it, as we're talking about it, our whole body, especially around our heart center, is really streaming loud. It's really pulsating. And it's exciting because we can feel the energy of our being rise. And it's it's just an amazing feeling. So when you're excited about something, then you're you're raising your own vibe. And when you're not excited about something, that's okay too because sometimes that quiet calm, that moving through life in a state of equanimity is also a, sta a way of raising your vibe and maintaining your own sense of equilibrium. So what is it for you? How are you moving? How are you flowing? Do you feel that you're uh, connecting to your aligned self? Do you feel like you want to bring more light? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Kidna says, yeah, bring it on. Um, he's a funny one, you know. He's just, there's so many stories that someday I will actually write a book on. Um, and we'll probably write many blogs together because he's, he just comes out with these funny things. And he's so lyrical, <laughs> I once said to him, gosh, how come you're so famous? You're in Hollywood movies, you know. Uh, we were picking up Contra Style magazine and this gentleman was standing in front of it and there was this beautiful uh, mural on a wall of Ganesh and uh, it was really exquisite. Whoever the artist was, uh, just a beautiful piece of art. But it also had an embodied energy because when you look at this artwork, you could see the light in Ganesh's eyes but no matter where you're coming from, no matter who you're around, you know, we've all got this beautiful sensitivity to the vast sense of co con cosmic consciousness. And within that, there's so many beautiful beings that we can share with, you know, in so many forms, whether it's a human form or a form that we're not always so familiar in this world, yet definitely is in existence. You know, we've got the beautiful... Uh, fauna and we've got the beautiful flora kingdom you know we spend so much time in um, with the plant kingdom and and of course we're very big on the wildlife so we've set up a wildlife habitat in this particular location 
And it's only in the embryo phase. We've now got a frill neck lizard that hangs out with us. <laughs> we've had the occasional snake pass on through. But we've got a really beautiful um, amount of native birds coming into the area. But plants, because they're always there, whereas the wildlife comes and goes at this stage, although we've got a huge amount of native bees, which is awesome, and other kinds of bees have now manifested in the area. That's really exciting. But the plants often have a conversation with us, and they always give ourselves, uh, give us, gift us, um, different names you know we've got some olive trees that sometimes they call themselves well different ones call them themselves each things so we've got dream catcher sun catcher stargazer sometimes I'll just say hey I'm happy today <laughs> and then you know they'll come out with these conversations now you may be thinking this is a little bit off the wall but you out there who really connect to nature it has a vibe and it has a way of tuning in. So we're really fortunate in this day and age because there's some brave scientists. Um, there's an ecological scientist out there at the moment, which um, the name just, it's a beautiful lady who was very much immersed in, I think, um, was some sort of marine scientist, scientific form forgotten the name of the title because we're not very much on titles but she's now moved away from that and created her own website um, and she talks about she through her own personal experience that ignited her awareness that um, through her researching she was doing this researching where she had to study a specific group of um, uh, animals and uh, she would be communing with them and the day she had to in her work you know in that scientific community, there was a governing body that said that, you know, there comes a time when you must harvest what you're researching for further research. And harvesting meant that you take the life of that animal. And uh, so she developed a relationship with these animals. And uh, the day she had to so-called harvest them, in inverted commas, they didn't show up. And so that created this sensitivity around her and, you know, we're placating what she's saying because really you need to listen to her, her work directly. But in, encapsulated is that they didn't show up. So it made her realise through many, many other ways that they knew, you know, that they were going to be harvested that day. So they didn't show up. Wise move, we would say, you know. <laughs> Very wise move if you know you're going to be harvested. However... This brought her to a state of conundrum where she decided that she couldn't stay in that field of expertise. So she's now moved out of that because, you know, she realised that everything has a consciousness and she wants to further the research in that so she can then bring about um, a proof in some way. You know, we would always say you can never prove something to another person until they're really ready to experience it themselves. But, you know, as a scientific uh, mind, you want to create that um, embodied energy that has some elemental force of proving it to another that this is not only possible, that it's an actuality. So we think it's it's just amazing that someone like her is, uh, and in that profession, is actually voicing it. But, you know, there's those of us who have been doing that for a very long time, you know, and there's someone in Italy, a beautiful group that's, you know, doing uh, recording the sounds that plants make. So you yourself are probably doing something as well in your own unique way, maybe not so vocal, maybe you haven't done it as a profession, that you haven't started a website or a podcast or whatever it is. But just in your moment-to-moment -moment personal interaction, you're connecting to this way. 
and it's expanding, right? It feels amazing. You feel warm. You feel fuzzy. You feel excited. You feel thrilled. You know, you feel like you've got new friends. It's always a good experience, you know. And they don't give you they don't give you flack. They don't judge you. They just love you, because when you love the plants around you, or the water elements, or the elements, it loves you. It gives you. I mean, it always gives you no matter what, because it's unconditional. But it has no judgment. And so your vibration just rises to the occasion of being in non-judgment. Imagine as we as human beings cease to judge everything, cease to judge ourselves, cease to judge each other. So in such a harsh way, gosh, you know, because we, we do, don't we? We judge whether we've got the title, we judge our profession, we judge how we look all the time, we judge our body, you know, have we got a muffin top? <laughs> Are we feeling a bit flabby? Have we got cellulite? Have we got wrinkles? You know, all those things that really distract us from living such an amazing life because when you're immersing yourself in the life, we don't go into these sense of judgments that really lower our vibration. You know, they bring us down. They make us feel down, don't they? Even if it's in a nanosecond, who needs it? But when we're immersing ourselves in all this beautiful, unconditional love and vibration, that is always, always present if we just get out of our own way, get out of our head that's constantly nattering these this discorded vibrations, um, you know, and take us out of our beautiful epicenter, then really life is just amazing. And we don't have time or the energy to gift ourselves depression. We don't have the time or energy to give us those things that make us grow in some way because we can grow in other ways. We can find that way. But if we, if you are one of those people that are struggling and feel down often in our life, there's so many reasons and who are we to say what those reasons are because each one of us has our own personal journey with that. But for those of us who are ready to rise up from that and find our way out of that darkness, because when we feel down, it is feeling that low, dark cloudiness that we, you know, we struggle to see the light anywhere. But when we find our, our place in within that and get comfortable and realize that we can rise up from that and tune into that non-judgment of that and, and start to bring more light into our body and, in, and, and become the etheric being that we are, in, and that oscillates out and connects to all of what is, gosh, we take that beautiful elongated breath and then flow into the non-breath and go into the soundlessness to create something from that state of consciousness. And our world is our oyster. And, you know, no matter what comes our way, we can always tune in, tap in into that vibration. Even when our mind is saying something else, there'll be that little Ganesh voice or that beautiful cosmic conscious voice, that om within us and that organic matter that wants to rise up and uh, immerse the body and our mind and our emotional body into that sense of wonderment and playfulness just as our inner child within is always playful if we let it. And stop rousing on it for being so childlike. Because as an adult, you know, how many times growing up, you know, we're told, grow up, you know, and the tone is that demonstrative <laughs> type of tone. You know, you'll never make it in this world if you don't grow up, you know, that kind of thing. But really, life is so playful and letting ourselves be childlike is a gift of creativity. And <laughs> Sarah's part is madly, you know, right now nodding away, you know, plucking her vena, oh my God, and just on that note, if you ever get a chance to 
to listen to her play the veena, oh my God, your heart center just transports you into those to, in the most amazing way. You just want to breathe it in. She's just so lovely and so beautiful in her gift. And of course, Lakshmi comes in straight away. The two of them together, you know, abundantly sharing this gift. You know, you'll want to play an instrument and, you know, be non judgmental. You know, you can all play instruments. It doesn't matter how it sounds. You're giving yourself of sound. You're gifting yourself sound, you know, through the form of an instrument. Same as singing. Sass, I, uh, you know, I nicknamed, named, I'm terrible with nicknames, just so you know. But um, I always used to call her Sass because Ganesh, I got that from Lord Ganesh. He always says Sass, <laughs> you know. Don't copy that, by the way. It's like he always calls his mother Parvati. He was his Pav. <laughs> All families have their funniness, right? And Parvati will always look at him with this, you know, Ganesh. <laughs> Ganesh. <laughs> Ganesh is very cheeky. So anyway, he's cheeky like that. So, yeah, the stories we could tell, the family stories we have to share is funny. But every family has their stories, don't they? the cheeky ones in the family that always push the envelope. <laughs> but anyway, back to the abundance. So when these two get together, the two sisters, the solar sisters of life, it's just beautiful. But Sarasvati plays the veena, but she always plays the harmonium and she also plays the harp. And when she strums the harp, it's just music to our inner ear. And you feel so calm instantly. So if you are in a, in, a, in a stage in your life where there's change and sometimes change is a bit disruptive, she just wants you to, sh to share with her that melody that she plays within the harp and the vena. Because even as we talk, you know, you can sense our tone becomes very calm and, and just flows. It's just beautiful. And this is how she brings that beautiful sense of calm into your body. You know, you can't think. You know, your monkey mind is just no longer active and you just feel so peaceful within. Just savour it. Drink it up. You know, become thirsty of that because it's just beautiful. It's just wonderful. Life is amazing, isn't it? It's just life is cool. Life is awesome. Life is filled with wonderment, you know. <clears throat> yep, clear the throat. <laughs> You know, clearing your throat is great because it's unblocking any blockages you've got in that area. Same with your heart center. When we've got something that's blocking our pathways, our neural pathways, then our body can really, it absolutely knows how to clear them. You know, there's a lot to be said about eating well, but nutrition is more than the food. It is very an important part. But what's nutrition is, what is nutrition for a person? It's that which your body is drawn to when it's been toxic-free. You know, when your body's filled with toxins, it'll often draw itself to things that are, you know, um, of the same frame of reference. But when you've cleansed your body, it's fresh, and your body knows how to cleanse itself. So if you trust it, you know, it's like when we're active, we'll be drawn to, you know, fresh fruit and vegetables. We'll naturally be drawn to that. But sometimes we're drawn to something that's something that you would not think. It may be more tamasic or it may be more... Um, rajasic or it may be sattvic you know it it really depends on what our body's requiring and it definitely needs you know the salty the um uh, astringent it needs the sweet the sweetness in life doesn't mean um refined sugars the sweetness of life as you all know you know um gosh give Ganesha a date and he's happy 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 <laughs> 
we had this beautiful friend send a message and a, and a photo of dates. And she said, Isis, I'm sure that's from you. Because <laughs> you know? Ganesh and I love dates and dipped in dark chocolate. Oh, I have died and gone to heaven and come alive again. <laughs> and dates are a really good sattvic rasayana. It's just they're high in energy. You could live off dates. We don't recommend you do, but you can. The nutritional benefit of a date, the humble date. We've always said we'd love to grow a date tree. In Western Australia, they have date farms, um, palm date farms, and they're just beautiful. And Ganesh used to say to me, he'd say, you know, we really need to visit that farm. You know, I think we should go there, Mamu. <laughs> he always calls me Mamu, by the way. So... And you'll often hear that in these podcasts from this panel because he had this conversation. He says, you know, Mamu, you really need to let me call you by the name I call you, you know, because that's what I call you, so let it go. Because I would always stop every time he would, I would articulate something. And this is something that's, you know, in our life, who of you have then held something back because you're not sure whether, you know, that will be okay? Will people be okay with you saying something? It could be anything. With me, you know, because my journey with Ganesh is such a personal one for the most part, until one day he said to me, you know, it's a little bit selfish of you, Mamu. <laughs> what do you mean? He said, well, you really need to share what we have. You know, I never really thought of it like that, you know, because it has always been personal. You know, in life, you've got something that's personal in your life, haven't you, where you think, you know, is this something that really is something that I need to share? Is this something that – and, of course, Ganesh is really vocal. He's one of these beings that just loves to share himself. And, you know, I always felt he was a gift in my life. I, You know, there's, I've never, ever – I've always felt very blessed to have him so much a part of my life. He changed my life in so many ways. He's just such a beautiful boon, a blessing. And he, he's, he's so funny. He makes me laugh even when I want to cry. <laughs> he just makes me laugh. And on that note – he never, when I go to do something that's sort of a bit rupturing, that maybe in hindsight it wasn't the most wisest decision, he doesn't ever stop me. You know, he's a remover of obstacles. However, he never takes that beautiful experience that I really, I'm giving myself for some reason, he never takes that away because it's something that obviously I'm drawing to me and uh, that on some way, I will learn from that experience. So he just sits with me as I move myself through that experience and that's something that maybe will help you because when I was doing an Ayurvedic, um, actually I was doing some eight limits of yoga with Janet Stone and I really loved it. I loved every bit of it because it was community-based and there's beautiful people who were also part of the course and Lord Shiva is my teacher and definitely I'm immersed with Ganesh with all my my, my my flow and my my yogic flow um but I love communing with others I I just love it you know Ganesh loves MC yoga and there's so many musicians that he loves but you know being a rapper <laughs> Ganesh loves to dance and it's a different way of dancing with a lot of the way he um MC yogi does his mantras and so we'll talk about that on great length in another podcast but Anyway, back to the story with Janet Stone. So her yoga is beautiful, like so many beautiful yoga teachers, getting it out there, sharing through Instagram and all the ways that we share, great traveller that she is. But we loved this course and we loved the eight limbs because we, we obviously embody it and um, and and certainly immerse ourselves in it in our daily flow. But 
one of the things that came up with one of the students was, you know, the whole deity thing. And Ganesh spoke to this student directly when she had a query about it. And it's often about knowing yourself. So one of the questions was, how do the deities, you know, how does that, because I don't feel that they're part of yoga. Because <laughs> in comes Shiva when that happens. Because being the father of yoga as much as Patanjali is, um, Lord Shiva is is the father of yoga in in its primordial essence and because Ganesh being Om. So it was interesting the feedback that he gave and one of the things that came from that was it embarked myself on a journey of getting an Ayurvedic course out there on our teachable platform with Lord Shiva and Ganesh and the way they teach is, is sort of a little bit different it's it's not it's well it's traditional in a particular soundless to sound frequency vibration but it's all audios and powerpoints but the audios are the where personally I, I thrive with because their own sound waves come through so each student that comes on board will actually get a different take on it even though the words are the same the energy of the meaning I don't know that it's really fascinating to work with students that work with them because the way they they share the wisdom as the students ready to listen will be unique to them and that's such a personal journey and uh, something that um, you know like or anything you do in life you're drawn to it for whatever reason and uh, for those students who are drawn to that course because maybe they're ready to actually expand in uh, in that way because you know it's something you really do need to resonate with otherwise you won't get the most of anything we do you know it's like anything when you're drawn to it you, you really thrive with it when you're not best leave it on the shelf until you're ready to either move on never go back to it or um, be ready to immerse yourself in something and that's anything in life so back to the story of um the beautiful Janet Stone and her, her yoga teaching with the eight limbs. So with the community, you know, because a lot of it's done through Facebook where people connect because it gives you this great opportunity to connect with people around the world. And there was this beautiful student that would post this Spotify collective collaboration of music. And oh, every time we received it, I would just thank her in so many ways and send that message out and Om Mahalakshmi and Sarasvati would, would be there present, you know, because it's such a beautiful gift and she was just doing this. I mean, how much time would it have taken for her to bring this compilation of music together that she resonated with and shared from each limb that Janet was sharing through her teachings of the eight limbs of yoga? And it was interesting. I was personally drawn to that particular um, course because I, I live with Shiva. I live with Lord Shiva as as a as a partner, as a lover, as a friend, as my teacher, as everything really. He's been my journey in this this physical form, and and her whole symbol is you know the trident and uh, and that. And she I can't speak for her, but it was something that drew me to. And Lord Shiva said, you know let's do this, let's do this together as a, as a couple, as a, as a family. And it was interesting, it was, it was fun. And we love to share, we love to share with others, we love to be very earthed, we love to flow in our human form. And so what is it with you? What is it with all of you? Who are you communing with? Is it your neighbour? Is it with your friend? Is it with your brother? Is it with your sister? Is it with your cousin? Is it with your community? Is it with someone across the other side of the world that really 
in, in the scheme of things, there's no such thing as distance. We can connect with anyone. There's no sense of separation because energy is connected no matter where we are in the world or in the cosmos. We're all connected, you know. We love Ptah as the Pleiadian energy. We, we, we dance with the Acturians. We live with the Pleiades. You know, we are the Pleiades. But we're also Gaia. So... You know, because we don't have any of that sense of separation, we're not compartmentalizing our, our energy. You know, it really changes how we flow. You know, we have friends in all places, as you all do too, if we only ever always let them in at any given moment. It makes our world really huge, doesn't it? It makes our cosmic flow huge. So... We wanted to share that with you today, and that's where we're going to end this podcast. We hope that you're flowing and you're loving your life. We hope that you're sharing your own insights with others, no matter what your your fear is about being open with who you are. Because no matter who we are, there's always that nanosecond of apprehension. Will it be okay to share this? Of course, it's always going to be okay because when you share it, you're sending it that vibration out to those in the world, in the cosmos that will hear you and will come to you in some form. So if it's not your immediate community, that's okay because maybe you're elevating yourself in some way that you're moving on from those people that are around you and you're ready to receive different people into your life because now you're living who you are openly, no matter where that is, no matter what that is. You know, because when you're open with who you are, others will gravitate to you because they want to connect with you. And in life, in definitely in our experience, when you're sharing your expression of who and what you are openly, and if the people around you aren't ready to recognize it or just be open to allowing it, then others come because you're sharing what they've been dying for someone else to say out loud. But they too have been apprehensive to share it because of, you know, being judged, being um, alienated and all those things that come to the party with that. But really we're all on a journey, no matter who and what we are, no matter who and what we're connected to. You know, we, we, we dance with Maharishi, but we, you know, we live with Gautama. We... we we, we have a best friend called Emily. We have, you know, so we have a, a nephew called Chris. You know, we have, but there are so many beautiful people in our life. And we hope that you are open with all the people that you are in your life, no matter what vibration they're on, you know, no matter where they come from, a, a human form or another form, because there could be a plant, there could be, your best friend could be an olive tree, you know. Life is vast to to not let all that love in, you know, takes the breath away. So we hope you're enjoying your journey. We're excited to share the next podcast. We've got lots in store for you. And uh, feel free to drop us a line in connect at buddhai.com.au or step into our um, buddhai website, buddhai.com.au. We're on Patreon um, as Budai and uh, come and find us. We're always evolving all that we do and we're always growing what we do and uh, we hope you'll share back with us because we love listening to you. We, we hear you and we, we love you and we care for you and, you know, you'll make her heart sing. So enjoy your life and we tune in so shortly. Love you loads. Bye for now. <laughs>